In the year 2000, the church under John Paul II, Cardinal Ratzinger as well, but also Cardinal Bertone, released what they called the Third Secret of Fatima, something that has been waited for since 1960, hugely controversial that we never got it before. But when the experts on Fatima saw what was released, they were all like, uh, wait a minute, something's missing. First of all, they said, uh, it's a vision. There's no explanation. If you remember with the first secret, the children saw the vision of hell. But then there was the second secret, which was an explanation of that vision. Well, lo and behold, all that was presented this time was a vision, no explanation. So there's all sorts of controversy. Well, there's a book out. There's a book out about Marian apparitions, a whole bunch of them, approved ones, ones not yet approved, but very meticulously researched. And it claims to have that explanation, that part of the third secret of Fatima that's missing. It does so with lots of evidence. And that's what's truly fascinating. This book is called Revelations, and it's written by Xavier Aral, and we have him here today. This is the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Xavier, welcome to the program. Hello, how are you? Very good. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Xavier, first of all, tell us the name of your book, and uh, if you have it there, show it to us, and uh, what it's about. Yes, my book is called uh, Revelations, The Hidden Secret Messages and Prophecies of the Blessed Virgin Mary. This book deals particularly with... Uh, all the revelations, all the messages that the Blessed Virgin Mary has given from the time of La Salette uh, to La Frode with Marie-Julie Jani, to Tilly, approved, approved apparition site in Normandy, to Fatima, to Akita, and to other places. The cornerstone of this book involves those messages, those prophecies, uh, that the Blessed Virgin Mary has given in so many occasions, so many places, and which have, for some reason or other, been purposely hidden by the authorities of the Roman Catholic Church. I want to get to that, but I want to give the audience a little bit about your background in this before we proceed so that they know where you're coming from and the authority which, with which you're coming from as well on these things. Well, I'm a Frenchman. I married an American woman, a lady. I have two little Franco-American children. I worked for many years uh, with well-renowned Monsignor René Laurentin. Uh, I knew him when he was just an abbot, before he was uh, named Monsignor in France. Uh, for those of your auditors who do not know who Father Laurentin was, uh, the American called, used to call him the foremost expert in marine apparition sites. No. He passed away in 2017, and uh, this uh, extraordinary man dedicated his life to the Church, to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and was unquestionably the reason for the approval of the some apparition sites around the world. Uh, to name but a few, San Nicolas in Argentina, Betania in Venezuela, Soufanie in Syria, um, Quibejo in Rwanda. You can see uh, him speak in a very famous 
video the Americans made in the late, mid and late 90s called Mine Apparitions of the 20th century. He was an extraordinary man, an exorcist as well. And I met him in the extraordinary circumstances as well at the time, in the late 90s, when I was still in my 20s. We got in touch with him to bring him to two young visionaries, young men from Venezuela who claimed to see the Virgin Mary. And I wrote books about these boys uh, in France. They were published in Italy, in Switzerland. This is the way I got involved in marine apparition sites. We developed a good friendship with Monsignor Laurentin, who at the end of his life lost his sight, but he was still an extraordinary man. He was the foremost defender of the apparitions of Medjugorje, which I know are subject to a lot of controversy. But Father Laurentin used to say one thing, the only um, criteria that our Lord Jesus Christ gave us regarding discerning the truth from falsehood is a fruit of the tree. And yet today, Medjugorje, uh, whether you believe it or not, it's one of the foremost marine apparition sites in the world uh, where one of the greatest amount of pilgrims go over million, over two million of conversions have taken place there. So uh, knowing Father Laurentin, his soft way would say, you only uh, assess the ver veracity of a apparition site based on its fruits. So this is one of the things I wrote um, in this book, as well as about the um, apparitions of Garabandal, which are still under investigation, not condemned. And I put a copy of a letter which Saint Padre Pio addressed to Conchita Gonzalez in Garabandal, confirming that indeed the Virgin told him that the apparitions of Garabandal were indeed authentic. Do you mean the messages of, uh, of Medjugorje or, or Garabandal, did you mean? Garabandal. Medjugorje, Padre Pio, Padre Pio uh, did not live long enough to know Medjugorje, but he knew of Garabandal. And there is Fatima. This book, remarkably enough, I uh, was able to get uh, the second half, uh, what the Italians call El Quarto Secreto di Fatima, you know, the fourth secret of Fatima, which uh, was purposely to this day. That is a hugely controversial claim because, first of all, a lot of people don't even believe there is such a thing because they believe that um, the secret that was released in 2000 by John Paul II um, uh, and with, with Cardinal Ratzinger was just it. A lot of Fatima scholars, however, say, oh, no, 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 no. Most of the you know, the apparitions of Our Lady Fatima had a vision and then an explanation. And here was the second vision that was presented, but no explanation. And so there was also, you know, so a lot of scholars said, no, no, that's not the full thing, although it was attested to. But what I love about your book is that there are a lot of bringing together of references, authentic references, that show the evidence for what you're saying. So if you can walk us through this, um, what you say is the, as you said, fourth secret of Fatima or the explanation of that, of that uh, second vision. I will uh, invoke a statement made by his uh, then eminence, Cardinal Ratzinger, future Pope Benedict XVI, to explain the validity and the veracity of what was written in this book. And what I'm mentioning is also underlined therein. You would have to go back to Akita. The apparitions of Akita, in 19, which were approved uh, in 1980, 
1998, indeed. Uh, we're based on an extraordinary circumstances. Uh, Monsignor Ito, Archbishop of Akita, went to Rome to meet with Cardinal Ratzinger, and due to some misunderstanding in the process of investigation, Monsignor Ito was uh, desperate to explain the circumstances of this misunderstanding to His Eminence Cardinal Ratzinger. And in the course of doing so, he brought a dossier which he himself prepared. And in the midst of this dossier was the, the secret, or rather the message of Akita, which by the way, was given as well on the 13th of October, 1978, if memory serves. Now, on the anniversary of the last apparition of Fatima. Immediately when Cardinal Ratzinger read, read the message of Akita, which I do not mind telling you is hair raising. Cardinal Ratzinger said there will be no further investigation about Akita, the matter is closed. Monsignor Ito immediately said that, Your Eminence, you didn't give me a chance to explain. Cardinal Ratzinger interrupted Bishop Ito and told him, No, 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 you do not understand me. There will be no further investigation because now he will be formally recognized by Rome, since the message of Akita is, in different words, exactly the same message as the third secret of Fatima. The message of Akita has nothing to do with the vision the children received and which was uh, echoed on June of the year 2000 by the Vatican publicly, nothing to do with it. Would you mind letting us know, what, what is the message there? The message of Akita states the following. My dear daughter, listen well to what I have to say to you. You will inform your superior. After a short silence, the Blessed Virgin Mary continued. As I previously told you, if men do not repent and better themselves, the Father will inflict a terrible punishment on all humanity. It will be a punishment greater than the deluge, such as one that has never been seen before. Fire will fall from the sky and will wipe out a great part of humanity, the good as well as the bad, sparing neither priest nor faithful. The survivors will find themselves so desolate that they will envy the dead. The only arms which will remain for you will be the rosary and the sign left by my son. Each day, recite the prayers of the rosary. With the rosary, pray for the Pope, the bishops and priests. The work of the devil will infiltrate even into the church in such a way that one will see cardinals opposing cardinals, bishops against bishops. The priests which venerate me will be scorned and opposed by their confrères. Churches and altars will be sacked. The church will be full of those who accept compromises and the demon will press priests and consecrated souls to leave the services of the Lord. The devil will be especially implacable against souls consecrated to God. The thought of the loss of so many souls is the cause of my sadness. If sins increase in numbers and gravity, there will be no longer pardon for them. With courage, speak to your superior. He will know how to encourage you and each one of you and pray so as to accomplish the works of reparation. At the end, influence and convince His Eminence Cardinal Ratzinger that indeed the apparitions of Akita were authentic because in his own words, 
this is the third secret of Fatima. This is so interesting because if folks go online, look up the third secret of Fatima as presented in 2000 by the Vatican, you read it. It's it's a vision. It's about them seeking, or excuse me, the, the children seeing a bishop dressed in white, uh, passing in front of like a, what looks like a mirror. Then the Pope, they say, um, you know, is walking in a city half in ruins over the dead bodies. Uh, and he goes up a hill where he kneels before a cork tree or something like that, and then is shot and killed with arrows and bullets, um, and as well as other uh, priests and faithful and so on. And that's basically it. They tried to explain the Pope gets shot is the shooting of John Paul II. That was the, sort of the official interpretation. But there was so much nonsense, not only in what they said, what they presented, but even that that interpretation was ludicrous because, of course, in the vision, it says the Pope died. Uh, and, of course, John Paul II didn't die, um, almost died, but, but didn't die when he was shot. So this is very interesting. If Ratzinger read that, which was presented in 2000, that wouldn't have congealed at all with the message of Akita, with that central message you just read. If you can now give to us, what is the message then or of, of Fatima, this part that's hidden that you have in your book, just the central lines of it, that correspond to the Akita message? First of all, so that you know, this third secret of Fatima, the way it is presented in the book, is the one that was, in a way, dictated by Father Villa, who, as you know, was uh, preeminently active in the Vatican in those years and knew and read the full third secret of Fatima. So in the second envelope, because first of all, you have to know and a little bit of the history. Originally, with, when Lucia dos Santo was asked by the local bishop to write uh, the third secret of Fatima at a time when she was terribly ill, so ill as a matter of fact that the bishop was afraid that she would pass away before being able to uh, reproduce the third secret of Fatima. Uh, Lucia dos Santos wrote two in two envelopes. First, the vision, and second of all, the message that accompanied the vision of Fatima. And the message given to Lucia dos Santos as per Reverend Father Villa goes as such. In Portugal, the dogma of the faith will always be preserved. A great chastisement will fall on the entire human race. Not today as yet, not tomorrow, but in the second half of the 20th century. And I will come back to that in a moment. No longer does order reign anywhere. And Satan will reign over the highest places, directing the courses of events. He, Satan, will succeed infiltrating the top of the church. Also, for the church, a time for her greatest trial will come. Cardinals will oppose cardinals. Bishops will oppose bishops. And Satan will march himself amidst their ranks, and in Rome there will be changes. What is ro rotten will fall, and what will fall will never rise again. The church will be darkened and the world deranged by terror. A great war will break out within the second half of the 20th century. Fire and smoke will fall from the sky. The waters of the oceans will turn to a steam, hurling their foam towards the sky thinking everything. Millions and millions of men will lose their lives from one hour to the next. And those who remain living will envy those who are dead. Death will reign everywhere, for the errors committed by the foolish and by the partisans of Satan 
who then and only then will reign over the world. At last, those who will survive all of these events will once more proclaim God and his glory and will serve him as before when the world had not yet become corrupted. Go, my child, and proclaim this. I shall always remain by your side to help you. And this is the full third secret of Fatima. Now, there is one thing I'd like to add. As you will see, and some people will wonder, in this prophecy, Our Lady of Fatima explained that there will be a great war in the second half of the century. And this could be, some people could say, subject to interpretation. It is not. In La Fraude, in France, another apparition site in Brittany to a stigmatist named Marie-Julie Jeanne, uh, our Lord sent a very particular message about time concerns. And if you permit me, I'd like to read it. It's somewhat short. People are disappointed in that what I have ordered to be announced for men to convert has not yet taken place. They will think to be able to affront the elected souls who, because of their actions, I shall have delayed somewhat the terrible events that are yet to come if, in my kindness, and because of the expiations which have been offered to me, I delay the disaster, I do not eliminate it. This does not depend on the judgment of ignorant men. Must I myself give accounts to those who do not want to know anything? This message was given to Marie-Julie Jeanne by our Lord Jesus Christ. And there are other messages uh, in this particular apparition site, which was approved uh, by Monseigneur Fournier in 1876, uh, which where the, our Lord refers to the apparitions of Fatima and why men have refused to believe and listen to this particular, particular prophecy. The same with La Salette. The Our Lady of La Salette appeared to Marie-Julie Jeanne, uh, explaining that men at, um, will and have uh, hidden a message of, uh, of La Salette. Remarkably enough, I don't know if that, this is the route you'd like to take, but as a French Catholic, I've been extraordinarily ashamed of what French clergy has committed uh, in this matter. The Bishop of Grenoble, after the apparition, there was only one on September the 19th, 1846, purposely, after proving formally the apparition to the two children of La Salette, uh, hid um, purposely the message in a box and sent it to Rome, which was buried deep inside Vatican archives. It was only in 1999, remarkably enough, by Abbot de, de Codville, who, extraordinarily enough, was a um, mate, a chap, a friend of um, Abbot René Laurentin. And they were doing some investigation about the apparition site of uh, La Salette. And by sheer coincidence, the good abbot found this metal box with a seal of the Archdiocese of Grenoble, which had jurisdiction over La Salette. He began to unravel the box and found the secret of La Salette, which also is hair-raising. It's very long, but it confirms very much that indeed Rome will fall and that um, Rome will uh, have and host the city of the Antichrist. This message was hidden, and this is a crime. The same way that Fatima was purposely hidden, the instructions were not either subject to any interpretation. The message, the instructions given by heaven through heaven's first emissary, the Virgin Mary, 
was to release publicly the third secret of Fatima to the world, to the church, no? um, immediately after the death of Maria Lucia dos Santos or by 1960. Was it perhaps that uh, His Holiness John XXIII thought, he, thought himself wiser than heaven and thought himself perhaps, or thought perhaps that heaven made a mistake? To this day, I as a Catholic, I'm incapable of justifying what appears to me unjustifiable. What's more, in these messages, uh, John Henry, this book is not something or means to um, put oneself on a social scale. I am a father, I'm a Catholic, I'm a Knight of Columbus. This book was written uh, for me as a way to say thank you for what heaven has given me, a wonderful wife, two wonderful children, an extraordinary life. But this message is addressed really, I would say to everyone, but most particularly to all fathers, to all husbands who are responsible for families. These messages are meant to be read, to be heard. And what the church has done in these past centuries is unforgivable, at least in human terms. It all belongs to God to do so. The remarkable amount of information in these messages is extraordinary. And some of your auditors will possibly wonder why. Why on earth did the church do such an appalling, such a ghastly thing? The answer, I'm afraid, is because in many of these messages, like in La Salette, like in Fatima, and like in La Prode, the Virgin Mary reproaches the clergy of not following her son Jesus Christ. Um, there is a chapter that is also dedicated to Our Lady of Good Success. The story of Our Lady of Good Success is truly extraordinary. In the 17th century, the Blessed Virgin Mary addressed a message to the Church of the 20th century, warning it against the enemies of the Church, particularly against an enemy that did not exist yet, nor was it, nor was it known yet, and would be known only a century later. I'm referring to the Freemasonry, and in Fatima, and in La Frode, in La Salette. The Virgin Mary, again and again, forewarns against Freemasonry. There is no such thing as innocent logic. Some people, uh, I cross the Atlantic all the time. I'm a Frenchman, of course, but before all, I'm a Catholic. So that makes you my compatriot before being uh, before all Frenchmen. And um, in France, the Freemasonry is extraordinarily uh, dangerous. Father René Laurentin used to tell me in his very suave, very slow, well, carefully planned words. You know, Xavier used to tell me, um, the Freemasonry will offer you all sorts of miracles, and it's very easy to enter. The only way to get out is feet first. These messages that, uh, these messages that uh, Revelation, the Blessed Virgin Mary gives us, and not just through the apparitions I mentioned, I mentioned Garabandal, I mentioned the findings of Father René Laurentin, in Medjugorje. I mentioned also some of um, the extraordinary revelations given to mystics, such as Saint Padre Pio, who, among other things, revealed remarkable details about the three days of darkness to come. There are very many people who don't know anything about the three days of darkness um, or about what Padre Pio said about them. Can you explain what it is and then what Padre Pio said about them? Padre Pio, some mystics, some even apparition sites, uh, some saints, have talked that the chastisement will be sealed with the last event, which will be the three days of darkness. Before we proceed, 
a lot of people will think this is very sensationalist, um, very Hollywood-like. To be very frank with you, when I first uh, was um, immersed in all this information, it took me some time to accept and absorb. However, the fact of the matter is, if all those of your auditors are by coincidence, shall we say, not to say providence, are chosen to listen to this, there is a reason, but also a responsibility. The fact of the matter is you cannot truly believe in the faith, our faith, the Catholic faith, or in any branches that are formally approved by the church, by what the Americans call cherry picking. You have to take everything under consideration. Remember, all these particular messages, including the three days of darkness, have been subject to very careful and meticulous investigation by theologians, by a church that is uh, 2,000 years old. So the message of and the announcement of the three days of darkness, among others, by Saint Padre Pio, is a time when humanity uh, will go through an universal and international purification. This is a time when there will be no more hope for conversion. Well, many tools, all the tools, will have been given to humanity from one end of the world to the other. And the entire human race will have heard and will have been given a chance to choose to say either yes or no. One of these particular events that is to precede the three days of darkness is the uh, grand uh, illumination of conscience, which has been announced also by um, Padre Pio and by the Children of Garabandal, which has not yet approved, but at least it's been approved, you could say, it's been given credibility by Saint Padre Pio, who this letter, the copy of the letter, the originals, whose copy is in here. And in other places, also in La Fraudet, Marie-Julie Jani clearly talked about the three days of darkness in La Fraudet and in La Salette. Places, apparition sites, cases that have been carefully studied, meticulously studied, analyzed, that it is the responsibility when confronted to an alleged apparition site, it is the responsibility of the church to try by all means possible to torpedo it. And they, I did not understand at the time. Last, I was barely 20, 25, 26 years old when I met him the first time. And I took him to Paris, these two visionaries, to do electroencephalogram and theological tests. You know? Notwithstanding, uh, Father Laurentin told me this particular thing, which really bothered me. I asked, but Father, how is that possible? Why isn't the church trying to facilitate what obviously comes from heaven in some cases? And he answered, no. It is the responsibility of the Roman Catholic Church to try to torpedo by A plus B in every way any alleged apparition site because the Catholic Church has been given the authority by Christ to defer the truth from a lie. And if it is a lie, the church has the authority to discover it. Now, if it is, if it comes from God, there is nothing on earth, not the church, not saints, not popes, that nothing can be done to destroy the deeds and the works of God. It made sense. It took me a long time finally to digest this information, but it is indeed the duty of the church to try to find any controversy, any contradiction to any apparition site before approving it. Before if, because if tomorrow, God forbid, one day they were to approve something that they would prove to be a falsehood, it would be the entire credibility of the Catholic Church that would collapse. In regards to, the, to this apparition, the three days of darkness, uh, the Virgin Mary has revealed on many occasions that indeed after this elimination of conscience, 
where people, with everyone, whether you are atheist, Muslim, Jewish, agnostic, and so on and so forth, will be able to see the state of their soul, the way God sees them. And you will have a certain period of time to convert. At that moment, everyone will know that the Church of Christ is but one. And that church is the Roman that has been founded on Peter and on his um, followers, all the way from Peter to Francis, which is the meaning of being apostolic. Those particular times will be of the utmost importance. It will be a last chance for people to convert, to remedy, to change their lives, to confess. No? Afterwards, after this particular time, then if men do not convert, there will be, no matter what, three days of darkness, there will be a purification where those who refuse the, to find the teachings of Christ will be chastised. Those who will be protected for, from the three days of darkness will be called for three, for two days, and for three, three nights and two days to stay at home, to lock your, home, your doors, your windows, under any circumstances not to look outside and to have one blessed candle, which will be the only source of light permitted on the globe during those three days of darkness. I know, <laughs> I can only imagine what some of your auditors can think when listening to this, because I thought it myself at the very beginning. Again, it took me a long time, a great many books to read, to finally accept a reality which can no longer be ignored. If we are Catholics, we therefore believe as well in the chastisement of Egypt when Moses announced them to the people of Egypt. If we are to believe such a thing, why are we not to believe that God in his infinite mercy, but as well justice, would finally purify an, an earth that has betrayed him, that has totally stumbled and walked over his teaching, his gospel, not just by insulting and spitting him, on, upon him, and the image of the memory of his mother, but upon each other. Humanity today has reached a level of inhumanity that has never been surpassed. I wanted to just close with one thing, and that was, you, you in speaking to me before, you, you felt particularly called to, to write this book and make it public. Would you be able to explain that to us? I was motivated by uh, the great uh, graces that God has bestowed upon me. I had an extraordinary family, great, wonderful mother, a brother, uh, wife, children. I, I do not understand why God has granted me such uh, treasure. But I am first and foremost Catholic, as I mentioned. And in today's world, uh, where we see uh, my country, France, yours, the United States, fall, somber, collapse into sheer mediocrity, you know, where uh, even the Catholic Church has become a nest of Judas. You know? I understood, and I, was, uh, I had the criticism come very closely to my mind, especially when as millions of Catholics witnessed um, <laughs> the rubbish we've seen in the Vatican in 2019 with this bitter example of um, the Pope witnessing an act of idolatry on Vatican ground. You have to call a cat a cat. You have to say what you see being the truth. After all, after all, didn't Christ die for the truth? And the truth is that the Catholic Church today 
the hierarchy, I should say, has committed one error after another. Amoris Laetitia is but an example among many others. Pacha Mama, this, uh, <laughs> this mediocrity, is another example of what the church has stumbled into. We're immediately honored and glorified with a coin, which Pope Francis uh, decided to hit and to propagate uh, with the Pachamama for the Vatican. Notwithstanding, there is a trap in all this. And the trap is either to decide to leave the Catholic Church or to attack, insult, and speak illly of the, holy, of the Pope, who doesn't want to be called either the Vicar of Christ on his own word. We have to remember the teachings of Christ. Again, I feel truly inadequate because I'm no one to give any lessons. I'm simply a father, as I said, and a husband. But the trap resides, also I see, in that if your enemies slap you on the right cheek, as our Lord taught you, taught us, we have to give the other one. We have to pray for our enemy, including, including Judah. I understand there is an apparition, new apparition site, I believe it's in, in Brazil or in Latin America, where the alleged visionary, I don't know, I think you mentioned about it two days ago, is, is made the news in France. And I alleged visionary mentioned that Peter, that the Virgin Mary would have said that Peter is not Peter. It appears to me that uh, Peter, today's Peter, Francis, he himself says he's not Peter. He says he's not the vicar of Christ. Those are not my words, but he is notwithstanding. God has permitted Francis to be at the head of the church today, the same way he allowed Judah to be among the disciples, the apostles. He chose him. No? I believe the Roman Catholic Church in Rome, the Roman Catholic Church all in all, which is you, me, your children, mine, we are called to leave the same passion of Christ. And at this stage, it appears to me, not being an authority, but as a writer, as the Knight of Columbus, as a father. It seems to me we are at the stage where we are about to go enter Golgotha. And the Virgin Mary talks that at the end and mentions that at the end, a immaculate heart will triumph. That will be resurrection. But before the resurrection, it's got to be a crucifixion and a burial. And that's where we are heading towards. I finish simply by inviting all your auditors uh, all fathers, all husbands, to maintain a very cold head, to get this book. I'm royally indifferent for royalties, royally indifferent. I'm going to give part of them to charity. The m object of this book is to call everyone to a mobilization, to a new crusade, to take the cross and the sword. But our sword must be this, the Holy Rosary. Your shield must be mass, confession, monthly confession. I invite all your auditors, as the Blessed Virgin may ask, to follow the devotion of the first five Saturdays of the month, to go to confession once a month, to go to Mass, to meditate on the 15 mysteries, and to pray the Rosary, if you can, daily. And if you can, and I know it's extraordinarily difficult for those who've never done so, but try as well to fast on bread and water alone, 24 hours, preferably beginning on Wednesday and or Friday. This is very long-winded, and I apologize, but I'm immensely <laughs> passionate with this subject. It is a call which has been tried, which people have tried to put it under the bushel. Now, when it should be placed above the bushels for everyone to see. This is, are not my words. This 
other words that were meant always to be told, to be echoed to all of the Catholic Church and to non-believers. It is a message of hope. One of the things that's interesting is people always wonder, where are we right now in terms of the timeline? I know our Lord said, you know, no one knows the day nor the hour and so on. And every, a lot of people go really extreme. I always like to respond, yeah, but maybe we'll know the month and the year. Uh, but anyway, in all of these revelations, it certainly seems we seem to be at the time of times because things are absolutely crazy, crazier arguably than they ever have been before, especially now with what you mentioned with regard to the Pope with the Pachamama and Amoris Laetitia and restricting the Mass, the closure of all churches and all Masses and everything for, for the last couple of years, it's been nuts. Any indication from heaven in, in these messages as to where we're at right now? One of the most uh, remarkable parts of these uh, messages, in chapter 2 of the book, La Fode, our Lord uh, gave a bit of a hint to Marie-Julie Janine. The only message in over 120,000 pages of apparitions and revelations where our Lord gives a hint of, uh, of years. In one instance, he said, she, he said to Marie-Julie the event that I revealed to you will start to unravel between the year 80 and 83. Now, it could not have possibly been 1880 or 1883 because none of those particular prophecies took place at that. Neither could it have been in, in the 20th century. So in 1980 and 1983, although people could wonder, none of the prophecies revealed. So blast, I was thinking to myself, what on earth, what point of reference could our law use to make this a uh, feasible timeline? And then I thought to myself, Marie-Julie Janie passed away during the occupation in France in 1941. Now, and what I'm about to reveal to you is pure um, supposition on my part. But if you add um, 80 years to 1941, this makes 2021. And if you had 83 years to the same year, that's 2024. In retrospective, what happened in 2021 and between then and 2022, the pandemic, the catastrophes, the fall of uh, in France, the prophecies that Marie-Julie Janine gave in France took, are beginning to take effect. Now in 2022, we have a war in Ukraine, the first war two hours away from Paris, the first war of this magnitude that has been seen since 1945. And there is no end in sight. Now, at the end of the book, um, John Henry, I wrote a timeline based on all the prophecies, including that of French-Canadian uh, exorcist priest, whom I find absolutely remarkable. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is uh, Père Michel Rodrigue, extraordinary man with a superb uh, <laughs> sense of humor. He's not approved yet, but he's not condemned. And he's the rector of his own order, approved by Rome. So at the end, I made a complete uh, timeline, uh, starting from the beginning, where the Virgin I mentions uh, the division of England into five sovereign states, the coming down of the Queen, beginning of the Third World War, and so on and so forth, and all in accordance with this particular uh, timeline. So I hope this answers your question. There is so much more to talk, but I know we are restricted on time. Truly fascinating. Thank you so very much for being with us on this episode of the Jonathan Rustin Show. Thank you very much. It's been an immense pleasure, and I'm very grateful of your kindness, John Henry.
And I ask everyone to pray for you and your splendid and noble mission. Thank you, and God bless you. Go out and get that book by Xavier Aral, and it's called Revelations. Here's a picture of it now. God bless all of you, and we'll see you next time.